1: Oh, sweet it is to be
0: loved by you. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone sweet Studios, with Jeff Hawkins to on today's show, presented by, by, by Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas, online at redrivertoyota.com. Needed we're back the with the Gabe Kuhn Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. There you were. I needed someone to
1: understand my ups and downs. Jeff Calkins is columnist of the Daily and also host of the Jeff Calkins Show, 9 to 11, right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. He's on X at Jeff underscore Calkins. Jeff, how's it going? I'm good, you? I am good. I am good. I'm just uh, trying to make sense of all this Michigan stuff. I I, I I get the sense that you have not been fully able to catch up on it because this is just now dropping. So um, to sort of catch you up, we have uh, the Big Ten handing down a penalty, yeah. um, setting a different precedent. They have banned him from the sidelines and I think from being at the stadium for three games, but he can, uh, coach during the week. And now it looks like Michigan is trying to get a temporary restraining order. But the funny thing about that is it is veterans day. So they're going to have to find some type of, uh, court that will open up for them to get a temporary restraining order. If he does want to, uh, if he does want to participate against Penn state in these last three regular season games as well. Um, this is this is strange to me. I find this I, I find this a a misstep on the Big Ten's behalf in in a big way.
2: Yeah, I I read the reports and um, I hadn't I didn't know if Michigan had successfully gotten a restraining order yet. It strikes me that you should be able to find someone um, uh, even at a late hour uh, to 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 do it. It actually takes me back to the. James the restraining order, right? Like in the end, and particularly if you find a friendly judge, you should be able to get that done. Yeah, I, I think to me the mistake was, and again, I'm not defending Michigan's cheating. Right. It's I, I, I think it's somewhat overblown, but I'm not defending it. It very clearly was blatant, blatant um, cheating in defiance of the rules. Right. It's very clearly like the rules are the rules. Blatant cheating in defiance of the rules so uh, but as we've said endlessly here now um, typically justice in college sports moves very slowly there's a process there's you go through the process you you know yeah you have the the notice of allegations you have and then three years later however long it is you get your ruling and so it's it it strikes me as misguided but I think the initial problem was once you're the commissioner and you let this become an issue and you take calls from every other university, every other athletic director um, in the conference, coaches in the conference, et cetera, and everyone knows at this point there is some big decision to be made and to, you know everyone's mad, and at that point it looks like You're a coward if you don't do something or weak or powerless. So what you should have done is just said at the threshold, oh, yes, oh, you're coming to me? No, 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 this isn't how it works. There's a process. Just bat it out of the air the moment that it comes to you, and people can scream as much as they want, but you make it clear that there's an NCAA process for disciplinary measures, and that's what we're going to follow. The end. And then it doesn't, but once you've gotten to this point of what's he gonna do, what's he gonna do, yeah. what's he gonna do, what's he gonna do? you look do soft. Oh no, he's a coward. Like yep. you, you made it bigger and more dramatic by playing it out semi-publicly than it had to be. And so at this point, it strikes me, it's sort of a lose-lose position for the conference commissioner that he put himself in. I think yep. he put himself in a lose-lose position. I hope Michigan gets the restraining order. I uh and I mean we might as well as long as this is a freaking mess, we might as well play it out. Um and uh and I hope he coaches. It, it adds it adds even more drama to what well, should be a
1: big game to And then even the penalty itself was it really worth handing him down a penalty when he can coach during the week and just not be on the sidelines and then once he gets into postseason play, which most of us think he'll probably be in the Big Ten right. Championship, he'll probably be in the college football playoff. Is it really worth it on the front end to give this penalty when you may be handing him the damn Big Ten Championship trophy once you get to the postseason? I just I, I just find it stupid. And now you're going to have court battles and everything else, and I hate to say it. I know Tony Petiti's brand new. This is going to be a massive misstep for him, I think. Going forward, and I wonder how long he will remain the commissioner of the Big Ten. I know it's too early to talk about that, but I don't. I don't see this. I don't, see this, I don't this see this as a as a positive for him in his tenure so far. And he hasn't had to make too many decisions at this point, though.
2: Once it got to this day, if he had done nothing, I also wouldn't have seen him. I wouldn't have thought that would have. Then you have literally every university except for Michigan in your conference thinking you're spineless right. coward. Is that going to fly in terms of your future? The problem was, there wasn't, once today arrived. It's just
1: completely mismanaged altogether, though, which is not I, good to I Tony. That's what I think. Not once good on Tony. Once today arrived, Cattini.
2: there was not a winning solution, I don't believe, um, for him, you know, once today arrived. I don't think doing, listen, I, I think he should have done nothing from the outset, but, but once today arrived, doing nothing would have produced its own outcry and its own egg on the face and its own. Um, so. I, I imagine, particularly within that conference. Um, so, anyway, there we go. I uh, it 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 makes for an entertaining scene. And of course, the penalty is not so different than what we are seeing with Penny Hardaway. Penny Hardaway coaching during right. the week. Penny Hardaway won't be coaching tonight. Yeah, Penny and Hardaway will I, be in Missouri tonight, but just won't be uh, won't be on the, won't be in the
1: stadium. I uh, I wonder if James Franklin likes any of this. I, I I've seen like all of the uh, all of the Michigan players put bet just bet on their uh, on their ex account. They've all tweeted the exact same thing. I don't I don't think this is this is going to bode well for Penn State ultimately. I, I you Jim Harbaugh on the sideline or not, I don't I don't You you have obviously been in the arena. Yes. So if
2: you're playing a massive game against a team that you know you have to beat them for the national, to, you know, to continue you to get your highest aspirations, you know it's the toughest proponent you have, you know, um, th- this is the path to winning a national championship, and so you are that motivated. Does it, in fact, give you? I think is it possible to be more, even more motivated, if you feel your coach is beleaguered and being attacked unfairly? Yes,
1: I do. I do th- this particular situation. Yes, I don't think it's just like like when they do the quotes. Oh, you're their little brother. You know, things like that doesn't really do it. But something like this, where your coach is being castigated, he won't be on the sideline. You're, you're being accused of cheating even though you've killed everyone on your schedule by uh, three touchdowns. I think it adds a little bit, and it's just it's their biggest game of the year. And, and I think well, I, you, I wonder
2: – Given that it's the biggest game of the year, weren't you already – You were already, but I think it, there's, a there's a little edge. Be.
1: There's I a little extra edge. There's a little extra edge. Now, I do wonder, and I was talking about this, what does – let's say Michigan goes in and wins by two touchdowns, covers a spread – easy on the road against Penn State. How much do we really I mean how much are people going to keep beating the drum of the sign stealing being the being the solution to them getting to the college football playoffs, the solution to beating Ohio State. I feel like it's going to if if Michigan handles business in a big way this weekend, I feel like the the narrative might shift at least a tad bit.
2: Oh, well listen, if if I think it's pretty clear. I mean, I know there are those people uh, even people in the media who have talked about this being, you know, a, an integral reason and a part of their success, um, I I think that's a misguided view of things. But whatever, there are some people who believe that. But I don't really think there's much danger that if they, like, if they if they if, if beat Penn State, they they beat Ohio State, they win the Big Ten title, and then they win the national championship. If they, in this. So story of their season this will always be talked about but there won't be anyone who thinks this is the reason why and there won't be anyone with a freaking brain it'll, it'll
1: kind it's, of be the deflate gate thing where oh yeah you beat the colts and you had deflated balls tom brady but you beat them 45 right. to nothing yeah does anyone really
2: <laughs> think that what I, it, it, those of us who hated the patriots and mostly i hated them because they kept beating the bills so sort of like, I'm, I'm basically, in that scenario, I was the equivalent of Indiana football. You know, like, I'm you're just getting your ass kicked or whatever else. Who are here to pick your team? And so, um, so we wanted to be able to pick at the Dolphins, I mean, at, at the Patriots and call them cheaters and whatever else. But no one really thought that the reason Tom Brady was great was because the balls were deflated, right? No one really. Come on. No one really. And it has not stuck to diminish his greatness, right? No one, no one, even now, thinks, "Oh yeah, Tom Brady was Brady was great, but it was only because those balls were deflated." All no right. one thinks that. We, we <laughs> saw what happened on the field. And similarly, if Michigan takes care of business. No one is gonna say, well, it's because they were stealing signs. That's preposterous.
1: Are you like me and think this is selective? Like I'm just gonna bring up one other school from the Big Ten, Iowa. If this was Iowa, would they have, would they change the precedent to go after Kirk Ferentz right this second in the middle of a season? If this was Iowa that did this, I know it's you can't necessarily tell. would be hilarious tell, if
2: it were but- Iowa. Like, but, how much would Iowa yeah. be scoring if they weren't the <laughs> yeah. signs,
1: right? but, but at the same, it, it same time, it like, be great if it a, was Iowa. Do, you, do you feel this is kind of selective? I think, course, I think I'm it. there.
2: Well, two, two parts about it are, are selective. One is I do believe the, they would not have done this if it was Iowa, um, just in terms of the discipline. And very clearly it would not have gotten the attention that it's got. It also 100%. wouldn't have gotten this attention if Michigan had lost two games along the way. Right? Yep. So it's that it's Michigan. It's that it's Jim Harbaugh. And then it's it's that they are literally maybe the best football team in the country, or certainly in the conversation for the best football team in the country. And so we need something to talk about between games, you know. It <laughs> so is, it games like we can't talk about Dion anymore. I mean I guess you can, but like that's kinda of ship that's kinda of sailed. We need something. So I think it's entirely selective. Yes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. and I think a lot of people have ignored the fact that right now, if you just go look at sort of NFL draft prospects. Michigan has 20 guys that could potentially get drafted. They could break the record for guys getting drafted in the NFL draft this year. Correct. That's why they <laughs> win games. That's why they, they win games. got a hell game. of a lot of good and then, and players. And then they had the NIL deal where they brought back Corum and Zach Zinter and all these different guys that could have gone to the NFL draft last year. There's a reason they're good. They have better players. And I think I, I, I know that the Tigers, and we'll get to the Tigers versus Charlotte, although there's not that much. Biff Poggy, uh, their head coach. Uh, was asked about Harbaugh, Harbaugh and the sign stealing, he said, "I didn't know, and neither did he." So he wiped his hands clean of knowing about sign stealing. I don't know if I necessarily uh, buy it, but he said, "I stake my reputation on it." Stop whining and get a better team. I think that last sentiment. I think that last sentiment holds more true than it than than for me at least than a lot of than than it does for a lot of other folks around the country.
2: Yeah, and I, 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 it, it's interesting. Back to the motivation point. I think I do think if you're a player. I think the part here, more than like they're attacking my coach, I think the anger would be, at least this is what I imagine. They don't think think we've won these games fairly. Yeah. They don't think we we beat your ass because we're better than you. And so it's basically disparaging us. It's saying we're only winning these games because we're stealing signs. Oh, yeah, we will show you. And I think that's probably – I can see why that would be a rallying cry, a reason to have an edge, or whatever else. Just go ahead and bury people. Just keep burying people. And, and then see what people say.
1: Now, Tigers are uh, playing Biff Poggy in Charlotte um, on the road. They're 10 and a half point favorites. Uh, Seth Hennigan was on the flight. Do you take any stock in that? Do you, do you, do you even uh, – does that do anything for you in, in sort of trying I, I to decipher if he's going to play or not? No, no. I am under what
2: circumstances <laughs> would he not have
1: been on the flight. Well, right? if, he, if he was absolutely not going to play, which usually would mean, you know, season-ending season injury.
2: Yeah, no, no, I, that that does not get me yes. there. Sorry, no, yeah. um, no. He, it, it, if I learned he was not on the flight, that would have certainly been interesting information. But learning that he is on the um, flight is not particularly interesting. Even interesting
1: even if Tevin Carter goes, it just feels like this team in particular, um, this Charlotte team, they just don't do the things that will bother the Tigers in a in a meaningful way. Defense, they're very middle of the pack, and then offensively, they can't throw the ball. They have four passing touchdowns, or I think six passing touchdowns, the entire year. And we've seen the Tiger secondary be bad, but I don't think Charlotte has the has the juice to go make this a fifty-nine to fifty game. I don't I don't think they have that. So even if Tevin Carter goes, I think that uh, the Tigers can go win this game. They just gonna have to draw up a nice game plan.
2: I think they can win the game. I think it's a little bit like like Memphis basketball tonight. Uh, certainly, they could they could win it. They might even be favored to win it. If, if you knew right now that Seth was out might Memphis might still be favored not by the nine and a half or whatever it is now, but they might still be favored. On the other hand, you know, we'll see. Like I, we, we, and maybe you have heard, I mean, obviously Tevin Carter has all the tools uh, and he was in very limited limited service. He was, he did did everything he needed to do last week. That's always an adventure. Like if he throws three picks, that could certainly change the complexion of the game. So, so, you know, it would add a level of uncertainty and mystery to this that uh, isn't otherwise, I don't feel like, is in this game. So, um, but yeah. I'd I'm,
0: I'm T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
2: I'm intrigued to see him. You know, he very well could be the future of this football program, and so I'm intrigued to see him and what he would bring, but we hope we won't necessarily. You know what I hope? I hope we see him in the fourth quarter. That's what I hope. I hope yes. we see him in the fourth quarter because Memphis is, I guess for Memphis to be comfortably ahead, Given what we've seen, it's got to be like way ahead, <laughs> but whatever. Memphis is up uh, uh, 38-3 to in the fourth quarter, and we get to see Tevin Carter. That's what I'd like to see.
1: Talking with Jeff Calkins on uh, X at Jeff underscore Calkins. Now, with the Memphis basketball program, uh, they needed to pass this early season test. They need to go ahead and win this game, although I, I can see we talked about it yesterday. There's two different schools of thought. Um, one, you say they just have tremendous talent. They're going to be able to win the game regardless. And then the other one is that, well, you know, they haven't really meshed. It didn't look that great against Jackson state. I can believe either of them, but I do think that like when you just sort of break down the matchup against Mizzou, and I don't know if you've sort of taken that dive into that. I'm sure you have at least a tad bit. Um, it doesn't feel like Mizzou has the capacity to really bother this team. They don't have a big guy. Um they they started a six seven forward as their largest guy. Feels like the Tigers with Jordan Brown, Malcolm Dandridge, Nick Jordan certainly um can bother them and, and and potentially win the rebounding battle where they didn't win it against Jackson State. And then I, I, I looked at the Pine Bluff score. I, I know that Mizzou beat them 101-79, whatever it was. Two big guards really got after Mizzou. Two big guards from Pine Bluff, one six four, one six five. One scored 34, one scored 30. That does bode well for maybe Jaquan Walton and David Jones tonight.
2: Yeah, and that's a lot of points to give up to Arkansas Pine Bluff. Um, and then furthermore, you know, as you reflect on this, it is an SEC opponent, and it is on the road, and it is a uh, tough place to play. They're picked ninth in the SEC. You know, this is not going to, this is not going to, to
1: Knoxville. But for, to be fair, they, they've exce- they exceeded expectations no, last and, and year. I like and coach, Dennis coach Gates is, has done a good coach job. Coach is good. He's really good. I, I like Dennis Gates a lot. They're going to
2: shoot threes. They're going to get up and down. It, size, sure. Size makes a difference. Conor Vanover's obviously out. Um, he's got to sit out because he played in Portsmouth. Um, so he has to sit out three games, I think it is, to start the season. So he can't play. Um, but, and that's why I think the turnovers are going to be so critical. Like, I do think that um, that is one way that uh, that the Tigers could get in trouble here is if they are uh, throwing the ball all over the place. No, I, I, I like their chances tonight. I, I, and, and all, and although this particular team isn't experienced playing together individually, as we've talked about, they're all experienced, you know, yep. individually, except for, uh, you know, Hardaway, if a freshman gets in like that's who, who hasn't seen this sort of thing before they all have. So, it's a good test for Memphis, but it's not some insurmountable test by any stretch of the imagination.
1: Yeah, no question. Now, uh, the other basketball team, the Grizzlies, I, I know that I, I'm sort of done calling games must win, but when you look at the schedule and what it's going to have for the rest of the month of November, I feel like this is uh, this is the one – all right, Grizzlies, get your second win of the year. Make sure that the Jazz are the worst team in the league, at least, at least for a second, before you have to play the Clippers and the Lakers and the Spurs back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. On Lakers the road. just
2: lost to Houston. I, well, lost
1: I, to Houston. I, sure, that's fine. That's <laughs> right. cool. No, I know. And, and I, I, hey, I, if you yeah. want, if you really want to be positive, James Harden has thrown the Clippers roster for a loop. They yes, don't. They yeah, have absolutely. not responded they well. They haven't won. That's exactly
2: right. But come that's,
1: on, I mean, if we're going no. roster for roster, it's not close. It's just not. No, but I, I would ask you this, and
2: this is a question I asked on my show: of the three games, Memphis basketball, Memphis football, and Grizzlies, which is the most must win? Ooh. Uh
1: considering where we're tracking for for the rest of the year, I think Memphis football keep people interested for the SMU game.
2: Cuz I don't think I think if you think can still most recover. Most win, it, it's the most win in that you, you can't recover from it, right? You can yeah. recover. You could recover from losing to Missouri. You could you could recover from uh, theoretically from <laughs> losing, losing to the Jazz, the Jazz tonight, yes. but you couldn't recover from losing to Charlotte. So that that's the most must win from yes. that perspective. But if you're talking about which of these teams really still has the highest upside, and so therefore which is this game most important to in a way like. The Tiger game tonight is the most important that, yeah. from that perspective because that, that is a team that I still think can dream as big as you want. And so it would be, you know, it would really, if they win that game, there will be, I think, a, a whole nother level of excitement over this program um, because so often we've seen them stub their toe in this situation. And so um, um, I think that would really, so it's, it's interesting. They, in their own way, they are
1: all must win. Right? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, they're, all, they're all significant. They're not just another but, day. But I, yard, well, but I, I, I guess it's in-season tournament, too, for the Grizzlies. But with the oh, Grizzlies at 1-7. No, no, no. Hey, but- <laughs> no, 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 no
2: okay, but, I mean, I, the, 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 look at the court. Do you like that the court? Runs. Do you like the court? Do you like the jerseys? I like it better than some of them. Yeah. Know? I like it better than Chicago. You know, I like it uh, better than the bold red ones. So, yeah. Um, and so, you know, I'm not... I'm not a court uniform guy, particularly. So it's, be- you know. it's better
1: than the Tigers' uh, blue court a couple years ago, right? It is certainly better yes. than the tingling court, as we yes. called it back then.
2: Um, so yeah, it's uh, but but it's a, this game is is for as you point out, it's significant because you do want to get that. Go ahead and get the second win, and at, at some point, I think you are scrapping and fighting to get every win you can, so that when Ja rejoins the fray. Yeah. You can dream of getting to the plan. Yeah, but right?
1: it's just it's it's hard for you. I mean, it, I, it is significant. It, it is because it's it's the easiest game you have in the foreseeable future against a really bad team in the Jazz. But right. how significant can any game be when you're one and seven? Like I. Well, the, I, the reason is though, like you could look at the Lakers last year, right?
2: The Lakers uh, had the dreadful start that they had, and then it was touch and go as to whether they would get into the play in at the end of the season. Right. And so in that, in that respect, if that's what you still think is possible, and I think that's what we would think is still possible, right? Play in in the end, you're going to look back. If they make the run that we hope they'll make when Jock comes back, you'll look back at these games and say, why the hell didn't they beat Portland in that game that they had sewn up? Or, like, why couldn't they beat Utah? Like, if they can make themselves into a competitive team at the end of the year, to the back half of the year, and pile up some wins and make a run, these games will loom large. Now, that's an if. I don't know if they'll get there. But these games, you hope that in the end of the season, we'll look back and this will have proven to be a meaningful game.
1: Um, now, last thing for you, was that Thursday Night Football matchup oh. last night, the worst of the... That's, that's the worst matchup of the year. That was the worst primetime game we'll see this year. Yeah. One combined offensive touchdown, 508 yards. I, what, nine tough. for 30 on third down. <laughs> and, well, well, but, but there was the built-in. Like, if you were a Bears fan, I'm sure you liked winning that game because you now have the highest odds right. to get the first overall pick.
2: The problem if you're... Yeah, that's obviously the solution you wanted if you are a Bears fan. The problem from the Bears' perspective is... I think the bears are good enough to actually win a couple more games, right. During of their own for their own pick in terms of the Panthers pick, the Panthers schedule. I know they're bad, but are they like, I do wonder if the giants couldn't end up with this pick, you know, because mm-hmm. the Panthers schedule is so flimsy. And obviously that division is so flimsy that, that they might win one or two more. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. This is a real race to the bottom. I'm ha- I'm just happy that all these teams are NFC teams, right? I don't want them to see the- I don't want to see uh, one of the top two quarterbacks go to New England. Well, but so, Panthers,
1: I mean, Panthers' schedule's not like it's not that easy. Considering, I mean, Cowboys, it. Titans, Bucks, Saints, Falcons, Packers, Jaguars. Okay, so,
2: so Titans, the, uh, we, we, Titans clearly beatable with Will Levis, right? Sure, sure. Yeah, it, it, that's a winnable game. Bucks, winnable game. Who else? they've lost
1: four straight. Saints. I don't know if that's Saints. winnable with their defense. At Saints, too. And then, by yeah. the way, Titans, Bucks, Saints all at the uh, away. All the road games. And then Falcons, sure, I guess you could call Falcons. it winnable until uh, Arthur Smith starts using uh, Bajon Robinson. Packers, sure. But, I, I mean, it's the Panthers we're See, talking there, about. There
0: is, They'll
2: win another good, game, so I'm far, sure. Only, but So far, so far they've played, they're playing one good team, Dallas. One demonstrably good team, right? Mm-hmm. So far. I don't know. Like I'm I'm I I I I guess you know what it is. I have sympathy. <laughs> I, I think about those Carolina fans and to end up with the worst record and to be in a position to get, you know, I don't know what you're gonna call them a generational quarterback anymore, but whatever, you know, a Fran uh and to just have, you know, given it away. Yeah. I kind of hope they don't is, end up with the number one pick.
1: Well, if the Bears ended up with the number one pick, is there any even remote debate that no, you go no, and no, take Caleb no, no. Williams?
2: No, they take Caleb Williams. Yes,
1: hundred percent. You and I had this I'm argument with, you about you Kyler and argument. Murray <laughs> and the Cardinals. That was different, no. and I still stand by what I said. <laughs> I still stand. You stick with Kyler. You paid a no. bunch of money, and I think no. he's a better you quarterback
2: don't. than people give him credit for. You don't. You don't take. You don't stick with the guy who doesn't <laughs> want to get in his playbook. No, <laughs> you don't. You get Caleb Williams. You get
1: the nail painter.
2: Uh, it's That's good that we get. remember these arguments, though. That was like two, two months ago. <laughs> and uh, at least we know where we stand on these issues. Well, yes. I
1: stick by it. I stick by it. Good. Now, with the Bears, completely different. Justin Fields can read half the field. Right. And uh, he's just he has not been good.
2: Would you have any interest, once he goes on the open market, because the Bears end up with the first pick, right? If you were, if you were Arthur Smith, for example, or some other a coach of a team that doesn't have a – uh, a reputable quarterback. Would you have any
1: interest in Jeff? Yes, in I would. I would. Not. Yeah. Not. I mean, it's sort of the Trey Lance to the Cowboys. Third. <laughs> for a third. Interest, for a third or <laughs> like that. Like, it's the Trey Lance, to the Cowboys' yeah. interest. Like, yeah. not. I don't want to give up the house for him, but right. At the same time, he still has a tremendous skill a dark. set.
2: You'd throw a dart. Yeah.
1: Yes. No doubt about it. But Jeff, appreciate it. Right. Have a good weekend. Yeah. Enjoy it. You too. That is Jeff Calkins at Jeff underscore Calkins. On X, Daily Memphian columnist. Follow all of his work at dailymemphian.com and all of his radio work 9 to 11 right here on 929 FM. The Jeff Calkin Show, 9 again, 9 to 11. Now, Oxbow is a family owned and operated retail store that's been making waves in Memphis and East Memphis for over a decade. 964 June Road, off Poplar on June Road, behind the Amico station. It's conveniently placed. And you're going to love what you see when you get over there. Two story storefront for you men out there. Get your game day gear there. You can get Alabama, Arkansas, um, I mean, all your SEC favorites, if you want to get down tailgate, get that genteel polo, it is there for you. They also have Free Fly, Fair Harbor, Duckhead, Mizzen, and Maine. And for you Tiger fans out there, if you're going to get down, uh, hopefully you get a win this weekend against Charlotte, 8-2, uh, get the Memphis State Pouncer Polo Collection, and make sure you wear that for the final home game against SMU that will be absolutely Massive. But get to 964 June Road off Poplar on June Road behind the Amico Station. If you don't want to go in person, make sure you go online, shopoxpo.com. And you can use my promo code when you check out. My promo code is The Gabe Show. All caps, no spaces, The Gabe Show. And you get 20% off your online order at shopoxpo.com. But if you get in person, sports memorabilia, vintage vinyl, hunting and outdoor essentials, you will love what you see when you get over to Oxpo at 964 June Road. Shop local, shop. Oxbow. Now, we have about an hour left in the show. We have to get you some picks. We have to talk with David Cobb. We have to do some different things before we get there. But coming up next, let's bring on Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports so we can get you set for the weekend. Ninety nine FM ESPN.
0: Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Kuhn Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN.
1: Let's go ahead and lock in and get you some picks for the weekend. And there's no better guy to do that for you than Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports on x uh, I mean, he's the co-host of Locked On Best Podcast for the Locked On Network. Number one handicapper for NFL, college football, UFC, and NHL for covers. Make sure you check out all of his work. Lee, how's it going,
3: man? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, <laughs> may not be good if my, my Miami Hurricanes uh, get beat down. It was a tough week. Now, I had a great week picking for my clients. I went 9-5, and five, but I was so frustrated watching that Miami-NC State game. You felt that, you know, when you have some a skin in the game, and you're, right? you know, you grew up, you played for the school. My dad, I grew up around the Miami program. My dad was the the team dentist. My daughter cheered there, got my master's from there. And when you see a game and you're just watching the coaches just, well, nicely mess up the game and you know you're the better team, that to me is just the most frustrating thing you can just deal with.
1: And then uh, watching what happened after that game with M.J. Morris, the uh, the, the quarterback mm-hmm. there at NC State, it looks like he's going to sit out the rest of the year and try to transfer.
3: Yeah. How about that? Yeah, how about, they're, they're, I don't know if you saw this also, Boise, their number one receiver, has over 1,000 yards. He's like, I'm done for the year. Uh, I don't want to get hurt. I'm going to be transferring. So uh, I'm going to sit out the rest of the year. It's
1: I mean, a different time, Lee. It is a I different know, time.
3: Man. I know. I know. And, I, and I'm a little older than you are. I, I love what. Bob Bear Bryant said one time, uh, and and I think it was I think he got it from uh, he I, I think that uh...
2: after the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice
0: cold reward. Medella is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the
2: reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough
0: labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois.
3: Bobby Bowden got it from, from Bear Bryant. They were talking about how do you deal with the different kids these days, and it, said, it used to be you could tell a kid, line up, and just run through the brick wall. Yep. And lately, the last 15, 20 years, you got to tell the kid, oh, uh, can you please, you know, get in a three-point stance and... <laughs> If you if you're able to really uh, do well on this play and block this guy, um, you're gonna you know you're gonna be able to play at the next level and make yep. a lot of money and nil and go so on and so forth. I mean, these kids are coddled.
1: Yeah, and then this MJ Morris kid is kind of strange to me. Like from st- statistics wise, not that great. I know he's no, young, I, but at the same time, he is three and one, and I guess he feels like he's gonna have some offers on the table. I imagine he would, but. I don't know what they're going to look like if they're going to be that much better than <coughs> NC State, right? He doesn't
3: even look like an NIL guy to me. So we'll
1: <laughs> yeah, see. yeah, we'll see. Now let's go ahead before we hop into the games this week. Yep. Uh, let my listeners know where to find you, uh, what deals you have, everything else.
3: All right. So we rate our games from ten to fifty units. We rarely have forty to fifty unit plays. In fact, we've only had two so far this year. We're sixty-two and twenty. Lifetime on these 40 to 50 unit plays. This is the first time ever. I have two in one weekend one in college football and one in the NFL So I just found two games where I think the line's way off You want normally you have to be a monthly or season subscriber to hop on board I'm going to do this if you want to join and try us out for this weekend You can get those two big 40 to 50 unit best bets plus five other plays $117 so hop on a biggest weekend ever at Paramount Sports just go to paramountsports.com
1: all right now let's hop into my yep. Memphis Tigers they need to improve to eight and two before that game I mean it'll be a massive game at home against SMU yep. if they get through this one um an eight and two Memphis team dealing with SMU and potentially a spot in the AAC championship keeping your AAC championship hopes alive that that's massive but they're playing Charlotte they're going to Charlotte um, and it's a nine and a half. Uh, 10, 10-and-a-half 10 line, depending yeah. on where you're looking at the particular moment. Now, Memphis, there is some quarterback questions, um, yep. so that that definitely looms large here. But I do think it's different than a couple of years ago when Memphis had to go to UCF and their backup quarterback was a guy by the name of Peter Parrish who could not throw the ball out of his own shadow. I think Tevin Carter <laughs> has been on campus behind Seth Ennegan long enough that he can at least pace the offense at least a tad bit but how do you see yeah. this game? Memphis on the road, one p.m. ESPN Plus.
3: And, and it looks like Blake Watson's going to play in this game, even though it's listed as questionable. Mm-hmm. Correct? Uh, yeah, that's uh, yes, what I'm for the most part, yes. It okay.
1: uh, okay. still, still is going to be game time, game time decision. Got you know it. how you know how how these college coaches are.
3: Right. So I can tell you this much: this will not be a game for my clients. <laughs> We're going to pick it because we always pick the Memphis games. But Charlotte is two and sixteen as a dog of less than seventeen. Points.
1: That doesn't seem good. Is that, that's not good, is it?
3: That's horrible. <laughs> it, the only thing a little bit better is Memphis's record, 7-15 and 15 against the spread on the road, which isn't good either. So we're taking, picking, trying to pick the best of two evils. Charlotte just can't score. How about this? Their quarterbacks, six touchdowns all year, passes, eight interceptions. Their best and top running back is their quarterback, Jalen Jones. Their special teams, kicker. 10 for 16. He's missed some big kicks. We'll go with Memphis. This is a slight lean. It's like putting a couple toes in the water. Memphis, 35-20.
1: Now, I, I did see Biff Poggy, their coach, who was the associate head coach for Michigan. Did you see his comment on Jim Harbaugh and the scandal today? No, I didn't. He, ended, he, up, he ended up saying, you know, make a, you, I, we never had any knowledge of anybody going to steal signs. Make your team better. He says he stands yeah. on that. Yeah. He would he would go you know he's what's going to bat for Jim Harbaugh those, no matter what.
3: Yeah, what's the deal with wearing you know, the the cut off T shirts?
1: He's a he's a strange duck, isn't he?
3: Yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: I don't really know. I don't really know his specialty either, offense, defense. <laughs> he was always an associate head coach. That's sort of what he okay. was. But hey, it is what it is. Now, right, move,
3: is that called being at the right place at the right time? Yeah, I
1: think so. I think so. I think that is. Uh, you're dead on with that one. Now, uh, moving straight down, 11 a.m. on ESPN, we have Alabama visiting Kentucky. Now, Alabama just came off that big win against LSU. I guess a letdown spot on the road for Kentucky uh, at Kentucky is always sort of on the table here, but Alabama's defense has been playing unbelievably. I don't think Kentucky is, uh, you know, that great. I I don't think they have shown that much this year. Jalen Milrow starting to play better ball. Um, But 11-point line is nothing to to sneeze at. That's still pretty – pretty substantial can Alabama cover that
3: line I think it's a trap line I, I just think that these Alabama kids coming off of LSU and these kids were around three years ago whether a freshman or redshirt they went 63 to 3 I think that Devin Leary they need to throw the ball someone first down you can't just run first and second down against Alabama if that's the game plan they got a shot here another lean Alabama 31 23
1: now this is my favorite. This is the most interesting game that may not get as much pub as, as some of the other matchups, considering we have Penn State and Michigan. But it'll be sort of standalone at 230, um, I guess outside of Utah, Washington. But it depends what you think about Utah at this point in the season. But Tennessee and Missouri, really, for it's a fight for the second-place spot in the SEC East with Georgia there at the top. Tennessee on the road. Mizzou has been fantastic so far this year. Yeah. They have been really good. Um, but they're, they're, they do have their moments um, of, you know, they, they, they do look gettable at times. They only have the seven-point win over uh, Memphis and St. Louis. Um, they let, you know, LSU just carve them up. Now, granted, that's Jaden Daniels, and we're dealing with Joe Milton with Tennessee, but right now Tennessee is actually the road favorite by one or one-and-a-half, depending on where you look. How do you feel about it?
3: I just think that even though Missouri played extremely well last week, this is a tough matchup. Sometimes it's not how good you are; it's how you match up against your opponent. Were were there some games you played in? You're like, oh, I just don't like playing this kind of defense.
1: Yep, Uh, Temple always. It was always Temple with Matt Rule. They, no matter how bad they were, they always gave you a tough matchup in in a tough game.
3: There you go. I think that's the case. I think this defense matched up against the two by two spread offense of tennessee gives missouri problems and as well as they played last week i don't think they can get back up and play b plus a minus game again i like tennessee here 35 31
1: now straight from a mizzou gave georgia all they could handle on the road i mean mizzou did play good ball last weekend but now georgia has a different type of test and it's old miss number nine team in the country and and shout out to lane kiffin this is so far, his best season at Ole Miss, if he gets to 10 wins, it'll match his, uh, his, his highest win total. But I think he has those marquee wins to really hang his hat on, in particular that LSU win. Um, but 10-point dogs, 10-point dogs on the road. And Georgia, I, I think Brock Bowers may return. There is some – uh, he's questionable. he will be a game-time decision. Um, but does Georgia take care of business?
3: I think that they will. Here's the problem for Ole Miss. Whether this line's 3 or minus 13, they're going to have to, if they fall behind, Lane Kiffin doesn't have to, but he that's just in his DNA. He's going to take chances. So they got to play with the lead. If they're behind 7, 10 points mid to late third quarter and they have a 4th and 5 that they're on 45, he's going. And if it doesn't work out and he gets the ball back and they're down 10 to 14, he's going to do, do the same thing. Again. Yep. He's playing to win. He doesn't care about the spread, so you have to also look at how a coach is going to coach a game. I think they have to run to be successful, and I don't think they can run much on Georgia. They couldn't run on Alabama. Georgia pulls away, thirty-four seventeen.
1: And really, Ole Miss, like I don't. How much does like the 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 distraction of the Desanto Rollins Lane Kiffin um, sort of sound that that came out where he went in there and secretly recorded him a, a D tackle that was on the team? How much does that? How much do you pay attention to things like that?
3: Not a whole lot. Okay. I don't think that's a, that important. No.
1: Okay. Yeah, I got you. That was a strange story, though. And I, yeah. I, I talked about it yesterday. People want to rush to judgment because of a mental health issue. I feel like right. Lane Kiffin, a guy, stays away from the facility for two weeks and then comes in and secretly records you. I don't know how much he's in the right either. No, <laughs> I, I'm no, gonna. You, you've been around locker rooms like that, you've been around facilities and football coaches. I don't two think weeks, any I – mean, I, again, I don't think any coach would take kindly uh, to any player being away for two weeks and then not responding to texts and calls and everything else. Would especially would if it, it – fe- you know to
3: change your, your passcode by then. Yeah, your, key, well, your key card's not working. Exactly. But right? especially if that
1: coach feels like he's trying to help you in that moment. Especially if that right. coach feels like, hey, I just want to talk to you to, to see where your head's at, to understand, and that kid doesn't respond. I – I feel like there's a lot of people that rush to judgment on Lane Kiffin because of the way he talked to him, which you could say is a misstep. But I've heard worse, Lee. (laughs) I hate to say it. I have heard worse. I have definitely heard worse. Now on to the NFL. Uh, I want to ask you before we get into this Titans at Buccaneers game, Buccaneers a a short favorite from what I'm seeing at this moment, um, and that could move around by the time we get to Sunday. But what do you think about Will Levis taking over? What have you thought of Will Levis so far in, in the Titans' experience?
3: the right move that's what you got to do I mean you're you're trying to win you're trying to build something he showed more in a game and a half two games and then Ryan Tannehill showed probably in two years yeah so,
1: yeah and I think yeah it, so. if Ryan Tannehill is gonna be done after the year Derrick Henry is gonna be done after the year yep. you have to worry about your future now what do you think about this particular game with the Titans a short short dog on the road against Tampa Bay
3: Baker Mayfield was great Last week, four for five in the red zone. If you think that's happened again, uh, <laughs> don't bet the don't bet the rent money on it. Todd yeah. Bowles on the hot seat here now. They've dropped four straight. Can't blame the defensive coordinator. You know why? Because he is the defensive coordinator. So I, I just think that this Tampa Bay team not getting enough stops here. They had problems last week against Houston. They're going to have problems here against Tennessee. I think Titans are the right side, 27-17.
1: Now your free play of the week is a and versus Mississippi State. A&M, of course, at home, and this is a big line. This is a massive line. A&M, 17 and a half. And really, when you look at uh, sort of Mississippi State and how it's being talked about, at least around here, Zach Arnett, uh, a lot of Mississippi State fans want him to be a, a one and done. Um, but where can my listeners go and find that, your free play of the week?
3: First five callers, I'm going to give it to them for free. Just call 800-400-9741. First five callers are going to get Texas AM and Mississippi State on me. I have a real strong opinion on this game, and like I said, you want to hop on board. Biggest weekend ever, 240-50 to in a plus five other biggies. Seven selections, $117. Biggest weekend ever, ParamountSports.com.
1: Don't ever say Lee Sterling doesn't take care of you, but he takes care of us on this show as well. Lee, appreciate it. Thanks for joining us. so much. Here. And have Be a good, good luck this weekend. Enjoy the games. That is Lee Sterling at Paramount Sports on X, co-host of the Locked On Bets podcast via the Locked On Network and the number one handicapper for NFL, college football, UFC, and NHL for covers. Now, I know we gave you the professional picks. Now, the not-so-professional picks. I, uh, I know we're not going to get to the rewind because we're going to pass you off to Grizzlies versus the Jazz at about 6.30 with Jessica Benson. So, I'm going to give you – a pick on the biggest game of the week, and that would be Michigan at Penn State. And I got to say, I like Michigan and the rallying cry around the sign-stealing uh, sort of scandal right now. Zach's into their guard, seems very hyped about it. He wants to be the villain. So take Michigan, minus five over Penn State. And now let's go ahead and hop into talking about that with David Cobb.